Hi, I'm Robbie. And I'm Abby. And this is the Grow Up Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Let's jump right into it to one productive thing that we've done this week. What have you been up to, Abby? So I'm actually very proud of myself. I started a new workout regime, <laughs> if you can call it that. <laughs> um, it's actually the opposite of a regime. About, I guess it's my second full week of doing it with a skip day here or there. And what I've done is I've set my alarm for 6 a.m. every day because I'm normally up at that time anyways. My cat wakes me up or I don't know, I just, my body naturally wakes up around that time. So what I've implemented with this 6 a.m. routine is really just to get me up, get me going for the day. I'm definitely a morning person, so this is a great time for me to get things done from about 6 to 7 a.m., whether that be a side project I'm working on or editing this podcast or what I've included over the past two weeks is a 10 to 15-minute workout. So I've been alternating days between yoga, Pilates, or cardio. And it's the first thing I do whenever I wake up. So I just get it out of the way. It's only 10 or 15 minutes, which is definitely not as much as I should be doing each day, but can hold myself accountable to that amount of time. And it's been working out really, really, really well. So I'm very happy with that. And do you notice that you feel different throughout the day? I think so. I think the recent daylight savings time actually really messed me up this year. I don't know why because we gained an extra hour of sleep. So I've actually been waking up more around like four or five in the morning and trying to get myself back to sleep. But I've definitely, even if I haven't felt more energized, definitely just working out has made me a little bit happier, which is always a good plus. Yeah, that's great. I, I've been talking about this with coworkers as well, how I would like to start getting up early and, and working out in the morning, um, whereas now I do it after work. But I don't wake up naturally in the morning, so it's like a huge effort for me to get onto that timeline. Yeah, that's going to be tough, but I believe in you. Thank you. So what productive thing did you do this week? Well, my productive thing actually ties into the topic of today's podcast, which is travel. Uh, So I had a long weekend uh, where I took two days off at the beginning of this week. So I had the weekend and then the first two days of the week. And I went down to Palm Springs just for a mostly for a relaxing trip. But afterwards, I felt completely recharged, completely relaxed. I got to do some creative stuff and outdoor stuff and just get some sun since we're kind of in the starting the rainy season in Seattle. Because wasn't it snowing the day before you left? Yeah, it snowed the day before I left. And then the day I left, it was snowing up here later in the day. So I was out by a pool and I kept seeing people like snapping pictures of the snow in Seattle. Yeah, it like really turned to winter here over the past week. So I'm very jealous of your trip and I loved your pictures. (laughs) So tying that into today's topic, which I mentioned is travel Today, we want to talk about all things travel, so how we do it, why it's important to us, how we budget, and how we think about travel in terms of our career. All right. So do we just want to kind of give a quick big trip background because we've both studied abroad and done Euro trips. So do we just kind of want to jump into that real quick? So just to back it up, as you guys know, Abby and I met in college, but we actually met in a business club called Society for International Business, but it was basically travel club or study abroad club 
essentially everyone in that club had studied abroad and that's what brought them to this club because everybody was pretty passionate about travel. So we've been big fans of traveling and have bonded over traveling in the past and have gone on trips together. So what are some of the trips that we've gone on? The one trip that we've gone on, the biggest trip, we've gone on many trips together, but the biggest trip we went on together was our post-graduation three-week Euro trip where we actually traveled with separate people and then we met up in Spain for a week because Robbie has previously studied abroad in Sevilla in Spain. Yeah, that was probably the biggest one. And then after college, we did a couple of trips where we met in different locations around the country and just had like long weekends or getaways in different cities. Yeah, some more domestic travel there. Yeah. So traveling is clearly a big part of our lives and it's important to us probably for similar reasons, but I'll speak for myself. I think traveling is important for, like I mentioned earlier, to recharge and refresh. Now that I'm working full-time versus in college, it was more of like discovery and adventure or studying abroad. But now I really try to travel when I take off work, whether it's domestic or international, and travel is one of those buckets that keeps me balanced. And if I feel like I'm out of balance and I need to go travel somewhere, it could be as simple as a road trip or going to a new part of the Pacific Northwest just within driving distance. So there's a lot of ways you can fill that bucket. But for me, it's one of those big buckets in my life where if I'm not seeing new places and not doing new things, I do start to feel off balance in my day-to-day life. Yep, I completely agree. So as I mentioned, Robbie studied abroad in Spain for a semester. I studied abroad in Argentina for a semester. And that those were obviously amazing cultural discovery trips and just to really get us out of our comfort zone in those formative college years, if you will. And that's really evolved. I, I agree that's evolved over the years. And now we have a bit more money and can spend that in on travel in different ways. That's actually a, a perfect segment into the financials around travel because I think people when you when you think of travel or when you see people doing these huge international trips, the first thing that comes to mind is money. How are people affording to buy all these flights, go to all these exotic places? Hotels are, are expensive. There's just a lot of costs around traveling. So I think one thing that we have gotten pretty good at is making many different types of trips possible on different budgets. So as we mentioned, we traveled in college, which was a very different budget from when we do trips now. And we were able to make both ways work. Um, I actually just pulled up my Euro trip, which was our post-graduation trip. So still very broke, very poor college kids. We didn't have jobs yet just to see what some of these financials were, because I believe I was able to travel in Europe for three weeks, flying in between countries. I think we hit up, I believe, five different countries, maybe four in three weeks. And I believe I did that for under $2,000, maybe 2500 Yeah, I don't remember that being a super expensive trip. And I, I don't, and it, it couldn't have been because we were both in a similar situation. I think we were very frugal with how we went about that. Yeah, so some of the things that we did to really cut down on costs were uh, we were backpacking through 
through Europe. So we just literally lived out of the clothes on our back and we stayed in hostels. Some of these amounts were for per night were between 20 and $40. So definitely a lot cheaper than an Airbnb or a hotel, which we can afford now. And then flying throughout Europe, we used Ryanair, which the most expensive flight on here I have was $200. Most were under $100 though. So definitely kept costs down. And then I know that I we I think we ate out in a restaurant maybe a handful of times. We really stuck to either like street vendors or honestly just grabbing something at the grocery store, especially in Paris. Grabbing cheese at the grocery store and bread at the bakery was a, the perfect meal and obviously the quintessential Parisian meal. Yeah, and I had a really similar experience. So we did most of our travel via train, which can be... Um, even more inexpensive than flying. And what we did was get, I think it's called a Euro pass, but anyway, it was a pass that was valid for like a 30 day period. And you can take basically any amount, or there's maybe a limit of how many trains you can take during that time. But we were able to buy that pass for one cost and then figure out our whole trip on that pass with the exception of one or two flights because we did travel a pretty a pretty long distance. I think we went all the way from as south as southern Spain to as north as as Denmark. So I think we had one or two cheap Ryanair flights, but then the rest we did trains to get around. So that that definitely cut out a huge expense um from flying any of the you know any of the bigger airlines that will cost sometimes double or triple what a, a budget airline costs. And then to get over to Europe, I know I use the site STA Travel, which is for students only. And my flight to Europe was about $700, which I think right now is a pretty standard price. But back in 2013, that was fairly cheap. I was pretty happy with that amount. So definitely comp shop on your international flights as well. And now we both have different budgets for traveling. So I literally do have travel built into my budget. I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but I use mint.com. And on mint.com, you can set up your budget for each month. And what I do is I have a reoccurring bucket for travel. And I think what it does is it sets aside, I think I said something like $130 per month. And then, or I would spend money on travel every three months. So it basically sets aside $130 every month allotted to that bucket. And then on the third month that that is open up for me to spend. I've pretty much have stuck to that. Um, I've only made really one big travel purchase so far. I'll probably make a a few more around the holidays where I might do, you know, a couple of purchases every month for, for a while. But, but having that set aside really helps because it's money that ends up just going into my saving savings account. But then when that third month rolls around, I see in my budget that there's this bucket there to spend that I already saved and kind of forgot about. So how do you travel differently now compared to whenever you're, you had a very, very tight budget in college? Yeah, it kind of just depends on the trip. So if it's like a long weekend getaway, I might splurge a little bit and stay in a hotel or a nicer Airbnb. And I kind of value, I value different things when I do a trip like that. So I value convenience, and flights that are going to save time versus price. So I might look for a flight where I can conveniently leave after work or just 
leave a little work a little bit early to catch a flight and then get back in time for work. So those things are important to me now. Um, and so I might not find the cheapest flight possible, like in the middle of the day on a Wednesday, I do still budget. I don't try to live like extremely lavishly. I don't think when I travel. No, I still like consider both of us fairly budget travelers. We aren't staying in five-star hotels by any means. Yeah. And I think, I think now, and this has been pretty consistent, but when I travel, I like to get a sense of what it's like to live there. So now I try to pick an Airbnb, like in a neighborhood that I'm interested in and just try to do things that people that live there do, or I might know somebody that, that lives in those locations and meet up with them and just do sort of normal things. And so you might like go out a little bit more than you normally would back at home, but you're not doing anything. You're not going on like these huge shopping trips or, you know, getting the the best room in the best hotel, things like that. I think I pretty much exclusively have used Airbnbs, at least in the past three years, maybe. I want to say maybe the last time I booked a hotel like very far in advance was maybe our trip to San Diego, which was like four years ago now. Um, I've stayed in a hotel since then, but I think that was because it was a very last minute trip and the good Airbnbs um, tend to go pretty quickly if you're in a, a busy city. My general rule of thumb is I like to stay around $150 for an Airbnb. That's the price per night. I found that in many cities, you can still get a very decent Airbnb for that price. And that's comparable to the cheapest hotel room that you can usually find in a city. So I think I kind of, I'll definitely stay in the hotel if it's cheaper, but the convenience of an Airbnb is just, it's just incredible. We stayed in one. It was like a little apartment essentially in someone's backyard in Hawaii. And that was Matt's first Airbnb experience. And he was changed forever just with how <laughs> uh, like different it is and how you have, it, it was like a really tiny, like I want to say like 200 square foot space maximum. And so like we were like packed in there, but you're out every day exploring and doing activities and whenever you need to be back at the house, like it's just so much more comfortable to be in an Airbnb than in a hotel, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. When you when you stay in an Airbnb, you can kind of settle in. And one nice thing is it has a kitchen. And I actually can't think of many times where I've like cooked or anything like that in an Airbnb, but it's nice to just have the amenities of an apartment and it just I, I think it makes me feel more comfortable than a hotel and you have to worry about like checking in checking out the cleaners coming things like that mm -hmm. um, I just find it more comfortable in an Airbnb no I agree and I think that it also if you are going on a relaxing trip that just amplifies the re relaxation factor hopefully um, yeah. if you're in a good Airbnb I've never had a bad Airbnb experience of you um, so when I was living in Prague, I, when I traveled, I, I mostly did Airbnb, but I think I stayed in more hotels than I normally do, but it was really just a matter of what's cheapest or more convenient to whatever trip I was doing. I had a couple of weird instances there. Some of the, so one Airbnb, for example, in Amsterdam was potentially part of a, of a a regular B&B &B of a regular bed and breakfast. And it was like a room that was rented out. 
and some kind of sketchy person met us there to hand us the keys, but they were unrelated to the person that even owned the apartment and they didn't really know much about the whole situation. They kind of just like handed us the key and left. And it was just very, the inside of it was just very like, you know, made to be a business. So it was like one picture of Buddha on the wall. It was like white, everything, nothing to make you feel comfortable in that it just wasn't comfortable. It wasn't a terrible experience, but it just wasn't my favorite. And then I had one other experience where it just felt like I was in someone's actual home. Like they had pictures up and I felt like I was sleeping in her bed and like she had personal (laughs) products around the house and things like that. Whereas other Airbnbs, they tend to be, I don't know, just there's just less personal stuff in them. Like they're, they're there to be an Airbnb. And I don't know, this one was a little bit weird in that way. Um, but I haven't had a bad experience where it's been unsafe or, you know, has scared me away from Airbnb by any means. Mm-hmm. Also, now that I'm over 25 years old, there's absolutely the option of renting a car when you travel. I've only rented a car once before, and that was down in the LA area, but um, because we were traveling a bit south of LA to a couple of other towns. But normally I just rely on Lyft or Uber to get around. And that's one way you can cut down costs because you you rent a car and it's obviously a fixed price that you pay for that period of time. Whereas the Lyft and Ubers, you're only going to use them when you need them. Many places there's public transit that you can use so you can kind of get by without having a car. Have you had to rent a car or do you find that that's an expense that you think about when you travel? We only rented a car once and that was on our trip to Hawaii because we wanted to drive around Oahu. And so that was totally worth it. But that was a big expense because we rented it for the whole week. I th- I want to say it was like four or five hundred dollars. So mm-hmm. um, but in that case, we definitely needed to do it. Otherwise, yeah, I think I've either just made sure that I had a that where my lodging was was either walkable to all of the things that I wanted to go and do and see in that city or definitely rely on Uber and Lyft. Yeah, that's one of the things that you just have to plan a little bit before and kind of check out what's important to you and what you want to do and whether it's feasible without a car. But like I said, I've only had to rent a car once and that was definitely by choice and it was uh, necessary for that trip. But I've been able to get away without having that expense, which I think cuts out a pretty large expense when you're planning a trip if you don't have to rent a car. Like I mentioned, I recently just moved back from Prague. So while I was living in Prague, I I did get to travel quite a bit. And that was one of the top priorities for me. So even while I was living there, I had quite a different budget for travel than I do now, just because I knew that I wasn't going to be there forever. And I knew that traveling is something that I really valued while I was there. And for me, since travel is one of those things that I need to do to kind of to to feel balanced. The way that I would travel is if I was open and, and didn't really have a certain location in mind or an event that I was traveling for, what I would do is search by flight. So that's going to be your biggest expense usually when you're traveling is the flight. And I would just try to find the cheapest flight or some of the top cheapest flights from Prague to somewhere else in Europe. And that's really how I would plan my trip. So there was, I can think of a couple, um, once to Stockholm and once to Oslo, where those trips were just completely booked out of 
being a cheaper flight. And I knew that I had never been to those cities. Um, I wanted to go and I planned my trip just around getting the cheapest flight. So that's one thing I would recommend. I used Expedia um, while in Europe and I've actually used it in the US and I find that you can find cheaper flights there than through airlines. And then in Europe, I also use Skyscanner, which basically searches several other flight sites and it finds the cheapest ones. And those have seem to be the best. So if you just want to minimize your flight costs and you're pretty open to what you want to do, there are websites out there that can just help you minimize that flight cost. And that's where you can start um, start planning your trip. I actually did the exact same thing for our trip to Europe. We started and ended our trip in Dublin solely because it was the cheapest flight. We didn't really have any specific desire to go to Ireland, but we spent a few days there because it was the cheapest. And I try to be conscious of which airlines I'm taking whenever I do fly. Whenever I flew to Argentina, we used American Airlines. So I got, I don't know, 12,000 points from flying across the world. So you get at least with American Airlines, I don't know if it's the same with other airlines. Once you get to 12,500 miles, you get a free one-way flight. So I was definitely conscious with that. I have like my AA number memorized because I really do try to book with American Airlines as much as possible to keep racking up the points. And one little trick is if your points are about to expire, I think they last about a year and a half. If you go on and you buy a magazine subscription with your points, it costs like 500 points or something. So if you have 10,000, it's not going to hurt you too much. And that will actually essentially renew all your miles and keep them active for another year and a half. Yeah, that actually brings up the topic of travel hacking, which is something I've been kind of into lately, (laughs) which could be a whole topic for another podcast. But basically, there's people out there that can that basically do this thing called travel hacking. And it's like, you know, signing up for hotel credit cards, signing up for flight credit cards, and just figuring out how to completely optimize travel and traveling for as little as possible, sometimes free. Um, so I haven't gotten too far into it, but the only thing that I've done recently is I'm signing up for a new airline credit card and canceling an old one because it actually makes somehow without getting too into it, it makes sense to actually cancel this old credit card or this credit card that I already have and get a new one and get the bonus miles on this new one for the travel that I have coming up. So there, there are people out there that have it like down to a science and it's really interesting. So give it. Um, so look it up on Google if you're interested in it, but it's it's actually a pretty cool thing that's out there. So as we've mentioned in the past, we were both international business majors. So traveling, while it is a hobby and something we absolutely love to do in our free time, is also a career goal and aspiration for both of us. And we've both been able to accomplish having international careers in two different ways. So we want to take you through that. So Robbie, as you've mentioned many times, you've worked in Prague in the past year. So do you want to talk about that international career experience? Yeah, I I think for me coming out of college, I knew that I wanted to live and work abroad at some point in my career. That has always been a goal for me. And when I was first looking at companies, I, it wasn't really on my radar. I knew it wasn't going to be 
the first opportunity that I got right out of school. And I I really didn't even think that it would be as quickly as it did come for me. Um, So when I was looking at companies, I, I didn't think about that so much. But then once I did get a job, I did start having those conversations pretty early on just to see what the possibilities were of of living and working abroad. And luckily enough, I work at a company that makes it fairly easy to transition to other other jobs and other areas of of the business internally. And one of those being international. And so I, I was pretty vocal about that, like I mentioned right up front. And through the different positions that I had at at this company, I was um, always vocal that I was interested in that. And luckily enough, an opportunity came where I could go to Prague and do something similar to what I was doing in Seattle. And so I did that for about a year and a couple of months. Um, and it was a great experience. Um, I moved back to Seattle just recently, and I don't think it's the end of of international travel for me. I think I would definitely like to do it again in my career. It's not something where it's one and done. I think you kind of get addicted to that type of thing. But I would like to either do another you know, period of time abroad or even just travel internationally for work if I can find a position where that's possible. I think once you do get that experience, you can start to find jobs where you can leverage that international experience and kind of build off of it. And so now that I'm back, that's what I'm hoping to do is just kind of build off of that international experience wherever I can. Would you ever take a job that requires you to travel like multiple days a week, every week? I think there's a limit that I would travel. I don't know that I would travel 50% of the time, but maybe 25% of the time. So like one week a month, I think I would commit to. Okay. I've always been surprised that since graduation, how many people I've met that travel between three and five days a week. My brother's one of them. And then um, just like various spouses of people that I know. And I was shocked. I never really, I don't know, you, growing up you hear of like parents that travel, but I guess I never really expected to see that. Have you ever run into that or been surprised by the amount that people travel? Yes, especially my friends that work in consulting and they literally don't have a home base. They travel for projects and they'll be there for the weekdays and then they'll travel elsewhere on the weekends and they'll just travel around to like wherever friends and family are and they don't have like an apartment that's theirs. They are living out of hotels or kind of, you know, sometimes those companies will have like deals with certain apartments in the city that they're you know, consulting in. But I, when I was out of college and had friends that did that, I thought it was really interesting. I, I think I would have liked to do that out of school, but now that I have more of a routine and more of a life in one spot, I can't see that working for me, but definitely was surprising that that's how people live. I was on the phone with my mom today and she was giving me some updates on my brother who travels around a lot. And he told her that he's at 74,000 miles for whatever airline and whenever he gets to 75,000 miles for all of 2018 he'll get free first class upgrades on every single flight yeah it's pretty that's (laughs) an amazing perk I'm very jealous of that I've never flown first class of you I don't think so Hmm, that should be a bucket list item 
I guess only if it's free. That's like one of the oh, things yeah. that I probably wouldn't spend money on. No, I don't think that's worth the splurge. I've been on a 10-hour flight in the back row next to the bathroom in the middle seat and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but what about you? How do you think about travel in terms of your career? So my goal shifted once I got out of college. Um during college and being in international business and wanting and loving to travel, I definitely wanted to live abroad and sort of have the experience of either, yes, yeah, someone who travels a lot for their work or um, something like you do a, a stint abroad. However, I mean, essentially exactly what you just said, now that I have a routine, have a house, have a cat, have a boyfriend, um, and like to see my family, um, that focus really shifted to really wanting to work for a large company that's based in the U.S. that has an international presence. So I've been lucky enough to do that. I currently work in corporate retail and my job is with our Mexico stores. So I get to work every single day with our small office in Mexico City and just get that international exposure while sitting at my desk in Pittsburgh and get to learn about the culture and all the differences and um, use a little bit of the Spanish that I know. So it's been a very, I guess I've been very surprised at how much I can learn about a culture just by being on the phone with these people every day, every week, as I've never been to Mexico and I don't really want to go because it does not seem that safe. <laughs> And do you think that that is sort of like a check off of your career bucket list or do you want to incorporate travel and international things long term in any way? I definitely think that this is a big win in terms of my career and I'm very happy for the opportunity. So I think if this was the last thing, I'd be able to feel fulfilled in the international business realm. However, I think the most extreme thing I would do is I would honestly love to live in London for like two months. So that opportunity will never come up in my current company. But that is really like my one very specific exception just because, as you know, we're, we both love that city. But otherwise, since I am in the supply chain world, I think I just want to take my, or I hope in my next career move, I can incorporate just learning more about the global supply chain of our company, whether that be with transportation or importing. So there's definitely international aspects of the business that I can learn and, and feel fulfilled with the with my career goals. Yeah, that's really cool. And outside of work, is there anywhere that's at the top of your travel list right now? Well, definitely Palm Springs, which I, I'm a little mad that I didn't get to go with you, but I can get over it. That might be on the list for next year. Hey, I'll I'm go back sure. 100%. I know. I think you're invited. If We might go on a family vacation, and I'm pretty sure you're invited. Count so, <laughs> um, And where else? Um, I've never been to the Caribbean, so I think that's... Definitely. But then again, I went in Hawaii, the whole island thing. I'm not sure if island life is for me. <laughs> I felt very, I, I very much felt like I was in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Well, you that, were. I was, yes. And then it's, it's just like, well, I don't know. You, I'm so risk adverse that it's like, what if something happens? How do I get out of here? Nothing happened. I was perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, um, Greece has been a recent obsession with mine, especially Santorini. 
And then um, Italy has always been towards the top of the list. How about you? It's like a constant struggle for me because I've loved so many of the places that I've gone to where it's like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till I can go back to that place. Um, So some of those being Amsterdam, I really want to spend more time in the Netherlands. I've gone to Amsterdam several times and it's just one of my favorite cities. It's so beautiful. I really just like everything about it. And so I'd like to do more in, in that country. I would like to do a big Scandinavian trip eventually, but I just got back from Europe. So I'm kind of setting those dreams aside for now. And I would really like to do Thailand. Um, I, that's probably pretty close to the top of my list. And then maybe something like, well, and Japan, Thailand and Japan, maybe even in one trip if possible. And then something even like Bali, where it's like relaxing, but also still Mm -hmm. travel, that sort of vibe. So many people that I work with honeymoon in Bali. It's it's so weird how destinations become popular like that. Like, for example, when I was living in, in Prague, Croatia. Everybody was going to Croatia. That was like the hottest place to go. And everybody was talking about it for a while. And and sort of still now it was Iceland. Everybody was going to Iceland. Iceland's huge because they uh, they have flights out of Pittsburgh now. So honestly, every single person I know has been to Iceland this year. Yeah. And I I, I think it's Iceland Air. I don't know if they still do this, but for a period of time, they if you booked a flight to Europe, I think I think you could go to like Paris and maybe London through Iceland Air, you would get a 48-hour layover in Iceland for free. So basically, you can spend two days in Iceland before you continue on to Paris or to London. I'd do that. (laughs) Totally, yeah. All right, so why don't we wrap up this episode with one thing we can't stop thinking about this week. So I'll start off and say that the one thing I can't stop thinking about right now is painting. Um, I'm not very... I want to say I'm not very artistic, but I'm just, it's certain artistic things that I'm not very good at, painting, drawing, anything that really involves like your hand motor skills to create something. I'm I'm just really not that great at it. But when I was in Palm Springs, I got to try it and and kind of experiment with it. And it was so relaxing and almost therapeutic. And so I got some supplies to do my own acrylic painting at home and just give it a try so I'm I'm really excited to dive into that now that's awesome as you know I love painting and sketching and drawing so I'm very happy that another friend I don't know I just want to bug you about your all your paints now (laughs) yeah I'll have to send you photos but only if they're good that's fine and for me the one thing I can't stop thinking about this week is the need to recharge so I'm an introvert And I get my energy back from being alone. I'm also a homebody. So be at home alone and just relax for – I usually need a whole weekend after a a long, busy work week. And that's exactly what I had this week was a long and busy work week. And then on top of that, I had some busy evenings after work. So I'm feeling very low on energy right now. And I can't wait for Sunday to come around so I can just – honestly veg out and just recharge I really need it so do what you can for yourselves this week if you need to recharge take that Sunday for yourself yep I feel you all right guys that's it for this episode of the grow up podcast 
you can hit us up at realizeyourcareer.com and navigate to the podcast page to find any links talked about in this episode. Thanks, guys. See you next time.